Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans, presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Now here's your host with the latest on the burgundy and blue, Mike Evans. Hey, what's up everybody? She's Rachel Hill. I'm Will Peterson. We're a little Mile High Hockey on this Monday. Uh, we've got some not so happy news with yeah, losing 7-0 to the Golden Knights to get to, and we will get to it, trust me. Ugly game out in Sin City for the Avs. But Rachel, let's start with the more fun stuff. And that is Peter the Great, Peter Forsberg, skating today at Family Sports Center, along with Joe Sackick and Milan Hayduk. Kind of brings back memories of childhood and the glory days of this team, seeing uh, seeing Peter Forsberg out there with, with the guys at Family Sports. I was so surprised when I saw those pictures going out on Twitter or X, whatever we want to call it nowadays, and I was like, that's so cool, but Will, why are they here? Like, have we found any information out on why they're actually back in Colorado? Yeah, so I have the backstory for you. So the NHL uh, Hall of Fame weekend is this weekend, the inductions, the new class, whatever. There is a big-time alumni hockey game going on in Toronto on Sunday that Peter Forsberg, class of 2014 of the Pro Hockey Hall of Fame, is playing in. So he is literally getting ready to play in this game with a bunch of big names. He's the only former Av that I could find who's skating in it, but he clearly called up Joe and Milan and those guys and said, fellas, I don't want to embarrass myself on Sunday. I got a big game. I'm going to come to Denver. We're going to skate. We're going to get ready. And it actually even looks like they uh, they maybe scrimmaged a little bit this afternoon or this morning as well. So uh, I think that's pretty cool that Peter's taking it seriously and uh, the Avs alumni are stepping up to the plate to to make sure he's ready to go on Sunday. What a like fun reunion for all of them too. Like I'm sure they probably are going to get lunch or you know do a bunch of different things while he's in town too. So that's so fun, and I love that he's taking it seriously. Like going to represent the Avs well, and obviously, and I'm sure they're always like, we don't want to show that we're like the old guys now. You know what I mean? We're still young. We still got it in, in us. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean these 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 like hockey games when these older dudes play. You remember when the Avs and Red Wings were at Coors Field a few years ago, and they did the. You know, that was obviously the maybe the greatest rivalry in sports for a few years there. Um, they did the alumni game, and it was like, those dudes were not messing around. Like, Bob Lemieux, Joe Sackick, Alex Stangame, Juan Hayduk, Patrick Waugh, they wanted to win. And it looks like uh, Papa, Peter Forsberg, wants to win, uh, win this weekend as well. When you think about sports rivalries, real quick, we're going to go on like a little tangent. Yeah. Who else do you think of that had something that was that intense to the fact that it was like, I want to like break your face up. You know what I mean? Like it was such a crazy time in sports. I can't think of any that are like that intense. Yeah. I mean, like obviously the classics come to mind um, in terms of Yankees, Red Sox in North Carolina. Duke. I mean, Yankees, Red Sox. I mean, there was, even though it's baseball, there was some brawls there. There was some fighting. You had Pedro Martinez throwing Don Zimmer down. We're doing a hockey podcast. I, I promise we will get back to hockey, but those are the two that come to mind, North Carolina Duke and Yankees Red Sox. As Red Wings was right there for, I don't know, maybe a decade, you know, mid-90s to early 2000s, maybe maybe seven, eight years. But it was incredible for a really long time. Well, and now we look and we think rivalries, right, those type of things. And while Avs fans kind of want to do the Vegas Knights, it didn't end up working that way this weekend by any means. Yeah, that's a good transition. An ugly 7 nothing loss <sighs> at the hands of Vegas. We talked about it on Friday, Rachel sort of a barometer where this team is at, you know, the, the, the last two Stanley cup champions getting out there. Well, they didn't pass. They, they failed. 
uh, in a big way. And they're now seven and three. And you got kind of a grumpy Nathan McKinnon after the game talking about how the performance was unacceptable. Let's just go big picture. What were your biggest takeaways from the drubbing the Golden Knights put on the Avalanche this weekend? Honestly, I was shocked. Like, I just couldn't believe it as I'm, like, watching all of these goals go in, too. And there were so many other games going on at the exact same time, right? So you're kind of paying attention a little bit to the buffs, the nuggets. You got the abs going on. You got other good college games. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this team doesn't look like the team we've all been talking about. Like, they've obviously had a little bit of their, like, slope. And you're like, okay, like, we're getting back into it. But Georgie's back in net. Like, this team should look really good. And they just didn't it just kind of looked like you were watching a team that hasn't communicated in like two weeks and they're all of a sudden like oh crap we got to get back out there and then Jack Eichel obviously is incredible and does an amazing job but like I didn't think he did anything special like I didn't feel like I watched that game and was like oh yeah like that was the most amazing shot ever it was just a solid good shot and yet it was going in the back of the net yeah it was one of those once the floodgates started they just could not stop um Georgiev Seven know. goals. I mean, none of those were empty netters. He gave up all seven, uh, 34 shots, 27 of them stopped, seven get behind him. Where's our panic meter? You know, I know you always talk about the panic meter, so I'll throw it back at you. Where's our panic meter on Georgie? And, like, he had this really hot start to the year. He did. He was yeah. unreal the first four, five, six games, winning all these awards, giving up a goal a game or less, whatever. But his last few timeouts have not been pretty. No, and – I don't know where to put my panic meter right now, right? I'm kind of like, it's so early on in the season. Like, hopefully they get their act together. So my panic meter on Georgie, I'll give it like maybe a three or a four where I'm kind of like, ooh, like if we continue to see this and we're continuing to put, you know, three or four and the offense is really having to kick in high gear to win some games, then it's going to go up. But my panic meter on this team right now, Will, is actually like a five or a six. And it's because of Nathan McKinnon's comments about how like, the chemistry seemed off or I don't remember his exact terms, but essentially he was like, there's a lot of new guys on this team and stuff. And that's where you're like, I thought things were going really well. So what was the difference between, you know, the first couple of games of the season and where we are now? Yeah. And he even said, you know, I can't remember the last time we got our butts kicked seven. Oh, um, it's been, it's been years and years. And I think, you know, I think with a guy like McKinnon, there's this sense that that cup team was so close and so strong. And we know last year it just didn't click, right? The new additions, the the Lars Ellers, the Evan Rodriguez's, they didn't work. So the Avs got rid of them. And now they're trying the Ryan Johansons and the Miles Woods and the Ross Coltons. Yeah. And I think there's probably part of guys like Nathan McKinnon that are like, where's Nazem Kadri? Where's Andre Burakovsky? Like, it just, they, they had such a good, fun group in 2022 this is now the second time they're trying to recreate that. And when you lose 7 nothing to Vegas, I think that's when McKinnon is sort of longing for the good old days, if you will. Do you think it has anything to do with Vegas? And that's why we're all like, oh, my panic meter is going up. You know, if they would have lost to, I'm trying to think of just like the Rangers or something like that. Do you think any of us would really care? But because it's Vegas, we're all like, wait a second. We might see this team down the road. That's a great point. It's a great question. Because if you lose 7 nothing to an Eastern Conference team, I like your example, the Rangers, then it's just, you know what, that was an awful game, flush it, move on, whatever. But yeah. because Vegas got them in the playoffs a couple years ago, and because they didn't get through Vegas to win the Cup, um, you know, that was a good thing ultimately. But let's be honest, they didn't, they didn't exercise that demon because they didn't have to play Vegas on, yeah. on the way to the Cup in 2022. And then Vegas wins it last year, and then they kick their butt 7 nothing this year. I told you on Friday, it feels like they're steamrolling toward the Western Conference Final. 
Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the matchup, then Vegas is going to get him again in the playoffs uh, based on what we saw Saturday. You know, I'm not predicting that at this moment, but 7 nothing's a statement. It is. And so I see your point of, like, it's the one team right now that mm-hmm. it feels like the Avs can't really get over on. And I just, every single time I watched a goal go in the back of the net, I just kept thinking back to our conversation on Friday here on the Mile High Hockey Podcast, where you were like, does it mean more like it's a statement game for like both of these teams to go out there? And I was like, Vegas made a statement. Like it was very, very clear that they were not taking their foot off the gas at all. And I just couldn't help but thinking maybe it meant a little bit more to them, right? Like they're watching for the avalanche and now they're like, all right, we got them kind of where we want them, where we know we can beat this team. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I mean, the Avs have some bad memories in that building, Rachel. Yeah. Uh, between the playoff losses and some ugly regular season losses, they had another one out there at one point, you know, three, four years ago. McKinnon said, I can't remember the last time we lost 7 nothing." Well, it was like three, four years ago in that same building to that same team. Yeah, you're right. It's like they wouldn't have to face Vegas in the first round, most likely, you know, wild cards, whatever. But it, it does sort of feel like, on the other side of the bracket, we're going to be like, go Oilers, <laughs> you know, like we'll, 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 we'll play the Oilers again. It, it, yeah, Vegas may have their number, Rachel. I, I think I see what you're getting at here. I know it's tough. And it's, it's just one of those games that we're going to remember. I hate to say, like, say this, but even come May, we're all going to be like, remember the Golden Knights game where they lost 7-0? Like what was wrong? But you also hope Jared Benard just kind of comes in and he's like, all right, that was not avalanche hockey, whatever that was. We're erasing it from our minds and we're looking forward and things are going to become a lot more disciplined moving forward. Well, speaking of moving forward, let's look ahead a little bit here. Jared Bednar did miss practice today uh, with an illness. We hope Coach Bedsy gets better soon. Uh, Abs have a game tomorrow night against the Devils. Rachel, I'm excited because they finally have a little homestand. Feels like they haven't played many home games this year. Um, and they have three straight at home. They got the Devils, the Kraken, and the Blues all at Ball Arena this week. What are you looking forward to this team, you know, I hate to say get back on track because it's one loss, but when it's a 7 nothing loss, you kind of have to get back on track. No, for sure. The Devils game, I kind of just, I don't know. I'm like, all right, let's hopefully get out there, get a win. But it's the Blues and the Kraken where I'm like, all right, like let's dial in here a little bit more. Let's see what we got. But I'm going to be curious to see, and it's all going to come down to Georgie, right, what he's looking like, his confidence level, and are we going to see the backup goaltender? Like, is he going to come in at all in this stretch of the homestand, and what will that look like? So I'm kind of going to be paying attention a lot more to that. And to Kale McCarr, like, I don't think Kale was fully healthy come Saturday. And uh, I just, I don't know how I feel because hockey's so tough. So they're like always out there all the time, but I'm like, do they need to take maybe a Jamal Murray approach? And if he's not a hundred percent, like just keep him on the bench and just let him get healthy for a little bit longer and think of the long-term picture. Or do you just play him and you hope nothing else happens, you know, cause you need him. Well, and I went to that season opening press conference where, you know, it was sort of light and fun and it was, Oh, we had a good summer, long summer, this and that. And the only guy who's like, I didn't have a fun summer was Kale. Because Kale said his summer was tough because he was just rehabbing this whole time. Remember, Rachel, he only played in 60 games last year. It felt like he was constantly hurt. It was concussion issues. It was always something. And then he even admits that his summer wasn't relaxing because he was working so hard to rehab. And now he's already battling injuries again. It's just like, ugh. Yeah, maybe sit him down and not just for a game. Maybe sit him down for two weeks and, and maybe see if hitting that reset button helps him out just is all about the depth and I don't know what the depth of this team is at this moment you know yeah it's always going to be something to watch depth is always key 
Uh, last thing I do want to mention in the Mile High Hockey Podcast, today is the one-year anniversary of the passing of Peter McNabb, the mm-hmm. uh, late great color commentator for the Avalanche. Peter, I don't know if you met Peter, Rachel, but I, I've met him several times. Kindest soul um, out there, and, and we certainly miss him. No, Will, I actually love that you you did that and you mentioned that because, yeah, Peter was so kind to literally everybody that he met, and he shared so much hockey knowledge, and he never talked down to you. He always talked with you about whatever it was, and, yeah, he was just such an incredible human being, and I know the Colorado Avalanche community misses him dearly. Yes, we are always thinking of Maxie. We always miss him, but guess what? I saw the clip going viral again today. He was on the ice when they won the Stanley Cup, and that that just means a lot to me, and, and I'm sure it means a lot to the McNabb family. No, 100%. We're glad he got to see that moment, too. But, yeah, great job by you, Will. I'm impressed. I like that little tribute right there. Yeah, well, I, I just saw this tributes going on social today and felt like, you know, I wanted to say it because you, you summarized it well. Peter didn't know me from Adam, and he was just always so kind, always willing to share. Uh, I was doing radio producing at the time, and you could call you could call Peter whenever you want and say, hey, can you come on? Oh, of course, I'll come on, you know, so, yeah. Peter, Peter could not have been nicer. So we miss you, Peter. We appreciate you tuning in. Rachel, Michael will be back on Friday, hopefully talking about a couple avalanche wins. Uh, they need to get that bad taste out of the mouth.